a brand new episode of the Attraction.gg podcast. I'm your host for this one, Tom, and a special episode today as joining us is John Armstrong. Hi, John. How are you doing? Hello. Thanks for having me on, Tom. Uh, really good to be here and uh, excited to talk about all things. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on and uh, nice, to, nice to speak to you as well. So for those who don't know, uh, John is an actual junior WRC driver at the minute in real life, but was also formerly a WRC esports champion, and is also currently a game designer at Codemasters and worked on Dirt Rally 2.0. So we thought we'd have a little chat, uh, discuss what you're up to at the minute in uh, junior WRC, uh, but also what your involvement was with uh, Dirt Rally, and then also the parallels between rail rallying and virtual rallying. And so also our listeners who might not be into rallying, this would be a good episode to sort of see why it's interesting and why you should be following. And hopefully there are a few listeners who are into it who are interested to hear John's opinions as well. So I think without further ado, John, I'd like to know what got you into rallying, first of all. What about the sport captured your your interest and, and how you got into it, if that's okay? Yeah, I got into it in quite a traditional way that anybody gets into anything, uh, which is you're, norm- you're normally born into it uh, in right. some capacity. Um, my dad came from like a farming background, but he he's probably like the f- first generation of my family that was into motorsport. Uh, and he was a mechanic by trade on lorries but he also done mechanic mechanicking on rally cars at ra- like local rallies around ireland on the weekends mm. uh he also done co-driving but at quite a low level um you know like clubman level um and then yeah basically i just grew up around rallying i went to spectate rallies at a very young age so <laughs> that's all i can really remember is is rallying and uh yeah Whenever you're around it so much and you're around any kind of sport so much, you always you always think about wanting to give it a try, don't you? Like no matter if it's football or yeah, you know, hockey, basketball, whatever, you know, you you always want to give it a go. Obviously, it's a bit more difficult in motorsport um because it costs so much money. Uh so I think driving wise, I actually did start off probably playing video games. I remember playing Call of Prey. Paul McRae, the first one, yeah. Mm. Whenever I was probably about four or five years old. Um, so then I got a, like an engine go-kart. I know it's, that's a weird way to, to say it, but it was like an off-road engine-powered go-kart, which was pretty cool. It had like a roll bar on it and stuff. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, it was, it, was, it was actually so weird. Like It just looked like a go-kart that you, you drive on racing circuits but it had like off-road tires on it and it had this roll bar. Um, so we got that given to to us by my dad's boss because his two sons, they both done go-karting. Um, so we got that. So I, that's how I started driving, was was driving this uh, go-kart in, in fields around my uncle's farm. Uh, then it progressed into cars. So we had old cars. that The expensive bit. Well, actually not. You know, like the old okay. cars that no one wants anymore. Ah, the the okay. field MOTs, and no one right. wants them. So you pick them up for like fifty quid. So um, used to drive them around my uncle's farm too. Uh, rolled a couple of those over the years as well. Oh really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do your family say when they when they see a car upside down and you've been driving it? They weren't too impressed. That's for sure. Um, 
But yeah, there was a good, good, just a good way to to get used to driving. I think you know, right. living in a, a rural part of Ireland where you've got plenty of room around, and my uncle uncle's farm that I could drive cars on, it really made it ac- accessible to learn how to drive in the first place, and then uh, to actually get started in motorsport. Um, there was these rally sprints in Ireland, which uh, were quite cost-effective. Uh, they weren't sanctioned by, you know, Motorsport UK or Motorsport Ireland. Right. They were, you know, they were just arrive and, and drive. Works. Yeah. And uh, they still done checks, like, on your um, safety equipment. Uh, make sure you've got a roll cage and, you know, your harnesses and, and bucket seats. And obviously, you had to wear helmets and whatnot. Um, so I started doing the, the junior category of that, which were, were 1.2 liter uh, courses and Novas. Nice, love so a good pro- Nova. Yeah. Proper, uh, proper McDonald's car car park cars. Um, yeah, yeah love love a good Nova. And I, I seen plenty of Novas last week in in Portugal. Seems like they have right. They love they love all the classic Opals over there. Um, so. You don't see them much around here anymore, but yeah, no. there was certainly a, a good percentage of rally drivers through a certain area started out with the Novas, right? It's yeah. like a good baseline. Yeah, brilliant little car. Um, but they were very cheap to to compete with in that rally sprint championship. You know, I think our car probably cost us two and a half grand, which is still, you know, a lot of money, but it was achievable. Um, and then each each rally was was quite cheap too. Uh, I think the entry fees were like 60, 70 pounds. And then, you know, you probably need a hundred, hundred pounds worth of fuel. Uh, and then, you know, a, a set of tires could probably do you maybe two or th- two or three rally meetings. So it was, right. it was really That's cheap. Good. And then like, it just snowballed from there. Cause I, I got quite good at the rally sprints. So I was the, the champion in the, the junior category. Right. three times and then i was i was able to move up into a more powerful class mm. and i won that championship as well so whenever i was 17 years old and, and old enough to get my driving license then the progression was into stage rallying yeah so yeah it just got way more expensive then and uh certainly does. but yeah that's 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 how i got into it, it was just mm. I think like anyone gets into anything, it's it's what you're born into and brought up yeah. around, and then you you make the choice whether. I think it's it's one or the other, isn't it? You either love it or you hate it, and uh, yeah, I I loved it. From there, I guess we could talk about your rallying career for uh, a full full episode. I think in this particular one, we'll discuss uh, various different things. So I really don't want to gloss over some of your uh, finer moments and achievements, but you did compete in the Fiesta Sport Trophy, then. Junior ARC as well in a Peugeot, if that's correct. Uh, then you did the Drive DMAC Cup and you took some victories there, which is kind of the precursor to the current JWRC, right? And then also you won a couple of drives in the R5 car in WRC2, which must have been special. So in that period there, which I don't, I've boiled it down, I do apologize. You know, what are the highs and lows from, from this trying to work your way up to the WRC level, I suppose? Um, yeah, it was pretty difficult. You know, when you start doing proper stage rallying, uh, you have to show your potential as quick as you can. Mm. Um, and obviously, it's, it's it's all about money at that stage. You know, 
it's very difficult to get sponsorship in in low level competitions um so you're always trying to try and find money from somewhere or you know i remember we we sold uh, a couple of my dad's classic uh mark ii escorts to Ooh. to uh to fund one nice of my cars. rally cars which yeah was uh was obviously a big commitment on on his behalf so yeah. um i think one of the main things is you're gonna have to sacrifice quite a lot of things um you know i had to sacrifice not going on holidays, uh, not, you know, having new clothes all the time. Um, lots of things you have to sacrifice, like not going out with your friends at, at a young age, you know, that's what, what everyone does, but yeah, that's a good point. I think you see that a lot with motorsport people is that they, they sacrifice their, their childhood to a degree. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was starting to get good results in the, the British championship in 2013. I had some good performances but ultimately none worth noting in terms of overall results but yeah some really good stage times then i took a year out in 2014 um and then came back in 2015 which was the year i done the uh some of the european junior uh championship uh again showed some good performance there um and i also done the northern ireland two-wheel drive championship uh which i won and then it was sort of like sort of like a a bit of a strange choice but we went to rally spain in 2015 which was around the wrc uh and basically um dmac who are were a tire company they're no longer around um they had this award uh for drivers on events that the, the DMAC Cup was was participating in. Um so we took part in Spain. We we won the the award which was um I think it was called the Vatanen Touch Award. Uh, after, oh, right. after Ari Vatanen. Yeah. because uh, Ari Vatanen was an ambassador for DMAC at the time. Right. So I won that award and that got me a a place in the DMAC shootout, which uh was happening at the end of the year in 2015. And I went to that shootout, which took place at M Sport in uh, Cumbria, and managed to to win it. Um, I was up against some really good drivers, um, and they tested us in all sorts of things like media skills, fitness. Um, ah, interesting. What else? Obviously driving. Driving. But yeah. There was a whole a whole bunch of stuff they tested us on, and yeah, I managed to come out on top, and that got me a. Uh, a uh, 50% uh, scholarship into the Drive DMAC series for the I following see. year within the WRC. So Still that was it. the other 50% though, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, find, finding the other 50% was, was pretty hard, but I bet it was. Uh, that was my leg up into the WRC uh, as such. So that was my, probably my first big break. Um, hmm. So then started that season in 2016 in the Drive DMAC uh, trophy and as you said that was like essentially what Junior WRC is now it's the same format it's all it's run by the same people yep. so um, yeah it's a really good category and I didn't really know what to expect but after the first rally which was also Portugal um, I think I finished fourth in Portugal with lots of issues but then went on to win two rallies that year and uh, thanks to, to winning those two rallies I got my two prize drives um, in the R5 Fiesta, 
for the mm. following year in uh, WRC two, which which was amazing because that's you know that's another step forward in in opportunity and and climbing that ladder um, one step closer to to the the premier WRC category. So yeah, went and done those two rallies then the following year and in Rally Germany, which was my first time in an R five car or any car any four wheel drive car on tarmac, and we managed to in some really competitive times we actually yeah. won, won one of the stages against wrc drivers who it's it's a bit like uh someone like lewis no maybe not lewis Hamilton because none, none of them are world champions but it was a couple of wrc drivers maybe like Ooh. lando norris or someone like yeah. that had t- taken a step back down to f2 that's essentially what i was yeah. racing against so it was nice to win stages against those guys um again sh- showed my potential but Ultimately, at the end of that year, uh, all the doors had, had sort of closed uh, in my face, and I had to try and find money. And yeah, just didn't didn't really materialize. And uh, that's when I turned to to esports, which I'm sure will be right. the, the next topic. Well, funny you should mention that, John. I was going to ask about esports next. So yeah, so 2018, no real life rallying, unfortunately for yourself, despite setting like you say fastest stage time in Germany against some top-class, world-class drivers in similar machinery. So then we've got the WRC eSports competition, which actually in the world of eSports, outside of not just rallying, is one of the longest-running eSports competitions there is out there, actually. It's quite ahead of its time. And so there was a prize, which was a a rail road car up for grabs. Um, So did you take part in that? Ultimately, you won it, um, you know, to try and help... Uh, fund or further or get your name out there in WRC circles? Was that a, a decision that was made behind the, the move? Yeah, I think part of it was just trying to fill the void of not competing in real life. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it was a very competitive esports championship, like you said, and uh, it was organized pretty, pretty nicely too. You know, it felt professional and uh, yeah, you know, if one, whenever you're competing at WRC level, you're you're aiming for the results. You you want to you you want something to aim for, um. But there's a thing with with sports people that once you stop competing, you definitely miss the sense of it's almost like validation. I know it's it it sounds bad to say that, but there there is always. There's always that part of being a sports person, you know. You you want to show that you're good, and uh, right. you you want to aim to to win something. And I was very hungry to still try and win a championship, and I think that showed yeah. in the season. Um, you know, I hadn't done any competitive esports before, and when I started the year, I put in tons and tons of practice. I was aiming for the guys' times that had been in the final from the previous year. Yeah. Uh, so I could see their times on the leaderboards. I was That's what I aimed for, and that's what I practiced with. And uh, the format of, of WRC Esports was you competed in, I think it was like 10 or 14 events at home. And uh, then you get points for your performance in each rally. And then the top eight on the points table go to a grand final, uh, right. which in that season took place at the rally Germany service park, which pretty <laughs> ironic because a, a year yeah. previous I was there in an R5 car. Um, so yeah, it, uh, but, uh, I think I just put my, put, put, put that at 
at the side, just focused on the job. And like you said, there was a nice prize um, for winning the championship, um, which, to be honest, I didn't really know what I was going to do with that because I know you can easily spend that money yeah. on one rally. Um, so yeah, I think I think actually I was looking to just, you know, get it, see what I want to do with it, keep it, maybe invest it in something I, I didn't really know. But for sure... I, I I knew I'd probably spend some of it on rallying, but I didn't want to <laughs> blow it all in one rally. <laughs> well, that's very sensible. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was amazing to win that championship. You know, to be a world champion, yeah, in anything is amazing. And, and you know, esports is growing and growing every year. And uh, WRC esports is is way more competitive than whenever I done. Okay, there's still the same champions that I was trying to beat yeah, then but there's, there's just same characters exactly but there's there's way more competition now in terms of the, the spread of the field is much bigger um and yeah it took just so much practice as well to, to become champion i remember leading up to the final i was uh i was actually working at codemasters before the final um oh, okay i had just just joined them um I remember I was like practicing in the morning before starting work. Uh, then I would practice on my lunch break uh, <laughs> in in Codemasters. I'm, I'm sure they won't mind a me saying that now. Yeah, different game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I was practicing on my lunch break and then practicing after work. So I think I was probably spend between five and probably yeah probably five hours a day maybe eight, wow. eight hours a day sometimes so and that was for job. about two or three weeks leading up to the the final um but yeah i really put in the effort that year just because i didn't really know what the future held i didn't know if i was going to do it the year after so i put in as much effort as i could and uh yeah when we went to the final um i think my real world experience helped me a lot uh i was able to gauge my speed throughout the whole event and uh yeah i think the pressure of having so many people there watching you and, and all the cameras it didn't mm. really phase me as much as it phased the other guys and That's a good uh, point. yeah yeah managed to come out uh, as as the winner which was a surprise after i'd uh, made a, a mistake on the stage one of the last stages and rolled but managed to win it and uh, you really days there in yeah. the fields yeah yeah exactly so you mentioned there actually that you've you'd, you'd started working around this time at, at codemasters so was there anything uh that led in particular to to that happening and uh, basically how did you get involved and, and what it's what is it like to work there yeah i was always uh, a huge fan of, of codemasters titles um me too yeah whether that was call mccray or the dirt series uh also the early um grids i played a lot of those yeah. too uh well like i said i wasn't even really big into circuit racing games but the fact that i i played the likes of grid and talker race driver just shows how good co-masters games are mm. and uh yeah it's sort of a a long a long process to how i ended up in co-masters um and I think the one person that, that made it all happen was was Paul Coleman, who, of course, you'll you'll know of, who's now. Uh, I might I might know that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah working for for you guys, and uh, yeah, he um, he's very 
very good with how he interacted with the community of of dirt and uh you know i was very passionate about what they were making and whenever dirt rally came out the first one um i was uh playing lots and lots of it and and giving my feedback and you know trying to communicate with the community or the the uh, developers should i say yeah um and of course paul and uh yeah paul was uh was really really good at at uh, communicating back and uh we started to to grow a bit of a, a relationship and um yeah he he brought me into the studio once to try and uh do some work with the the physics guys um that was a day or one one or two days um then nothing really came of that um but then whenever uh paul was was leaving co-masters um the opportunity came up for someone to join the team, not to replace Paul, but to bring rally knowledge that yes. they felt was going to be missing whenever whenever Paul left. And uh, uh, yeah, Paul Paul just rang me up one day and <laughs> said, uh, think, "Think this opportunity is going to come up? Are you interested?" And I said, uh, "Yeah." I, I actually wasn't I wasn't too sure in the first place. It sounds mm. so funny saying it now, but. Um, like I uh, had never really been away from from Ireland before. Like lived anywhere yeah. else, done anything else uh, apart from. Um, at the time, I was I was self employed uh, doing window tinting. So, as you okay. can imagine, slight two, change, two, slight slight career uh, U turn. But um, yeah, decided that um, I was going to try it and see if I. How I got on, and yeah, I've, mm. I've loved it ever since. It's Here been uh, it's been fantastic. Um, just past three years um, at Codemasters oh. now, so yeah, it's been really, really good. Um, and uh, yeah, just every day is so different. And of course, I'm I'm learning all the time as well because yeah. because uh, I didn't really have prior um, knowledge of the games industry and study at a university or anything right. so it's very different to playing it to then being behind the scenes right yeah 100 like it's it's totally different than just the way the games industry is you have to learn how it all works and mm-hmm. you know whenever i first joined i was uh i was i was like a probably a kid in the candy shop wanting wanting everything um but of course you know you have to weigh up all exactly all the different things and yeah. figure out uh what you can actually fit into into the game in a time frame with a budget and uh that's something that i've really started to um appreciate now and uh something i actually really enjoy is just trying to it's almost like a uh a puzzle you have to put all the pieces in see what fits um but yeah for sure like just just getting to have my influence on on the games um you know whatever part that may be because my role is very broad uh you know i'm helping all the different departments you know whether that's level design or environment art car handling uh, audio it's just like they 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 basically can ask me anything whenever they want and i can give them feedback too so that's sort of part of my role, but also I'm now part of the games, uh, games design team. Um, yeah, interesting. 
so i do uh design work for for games and uh yeah that's that's the team that i'm part of so yeah right. it's uh it's, it's really really good just having an influence on on future things then i also worked uh on on pace note tasks um we had phil mills who yeah uh phil phil actually was the 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 person who manufactured the paste notes for um oh, okay dirt rally 2.0 so um i just helped him refine the paste notes and then the actual implementation of of the, the system into the game i was heavily involved in in that that was something that was uh given to me as a as a task and oh, nice. uh yeah it was it's it a nice task just to to get my hands dirty with actually to to actually go in be part of process that uh is is game development and uh yeah i actually really enjoyed that part of it um yeah, so for those just quickly who don't who don't know phil mills is the english co-driver voice in the game he's also the 2003 co-driver world rally champion alongside peter solberg uh but as if you play the game in french it's stefan prevo right did you work with him yeah i worked with stefan too uh he, he's proper he's a bit uh, of a legend He's proper funny. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, so yeah, he came into the studio as well. Um, and how we record our code driver calls is is on a motion platform. So we've got a D box, and we strap the code driver into the D box, and we right. send send them down the stage. So they're actually reading the the pace notes live while while it's being ch- chucking around <laughs> down the stage. So we get the the proper emotion from their voice and the, the the rhythm and the tempo from their voice too so if it's a really fast section and they're on it you'll hear that but if it's a more slow technical section you'll also hear that they're a little bit more chilled out so mm. it's definitely uh what we believe to be the the, the most authentic way to get uh realistic sound and co-driver what are the main parallels from like say a rally simulator to to real world rallying if if there are any in your opinion i think it all comes down to trying to have that that rhythm um yeah and and carrying as much speed as you can and uh you have to be really committed um in the real world and and virtually to get the times you know you have to be very very quick with your reactions because you're constantly steering from one side to the other um so yeah, it's it's just all about being fast, committed, consistent. I think one thing that I used, even even though I knew the track inside, I still use the co-driver as like almost like a trigger of when I sh- should do something. Like mm-hmm. I'll know when when the co-driver says six right in this part of the track that I should be braking. Um, so there's little things like that that you probably still uh unconsciously used the, the co-driver for in esports um trying to think what else. obviously the other main difference is is probably in the motion um you know yeah. you don't get the same uh movement on on your seat on a simulator as you would in the the car chassis um you know you get kicked around quite a lot more in real life uh but of course you can use motion platforms but they're they're still slightly different than, than what the sensation as you get in a, in a real car um but of course we get uh all of our feedback through our um our steam wheels and uh our force feedback uh wheels so so yeah it's very important that you set set your wheel settings up 
perfect for 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 you because that's personal preference once again. But um, I've always found that there's a lot of time to be gained in in playing around with your wheel settings. Right. And yeah, I think that's the same for for all the top esports players. Is mm. they'll uh, they'll mess around with their wheel settings just as much as they do with the the car settings. The suspension. Right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, for the audio listeners, John's sat in what looks like, from where I can see, some sort of sim rig, if that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm sat in my... What's uh, your go-to equipment for virtual rally driving? Yeah, well, mine's all Thrustmaster. Uh, obviously, I'm a Thrustmaster ambassador. Um, so, yeah, I've got the uh, TSXW Racer Servo. I've got the R383 um, Sparker Rally Rim, um, which is really nice because that's pretty much a a direct replica of what you find on an R5 or even my Rally 4 car in the Junior WRC. Uh, Then I've got two TSS um, handbrakes. One is in uh, sequential shifter mode and the other is in the handbrake mode. So I I absolutely love them. They're they're amazing. Especially so one for the gears and one for the handbrake. Yeah, one for gears and one for handbrake, and that's pretty much the same setup as what I use in in real life rallying. Yeah. Um. So it's really nice just just getting your sort of peripheral uh, feeling correct mm. with with that setup. Uh, and then I've got the load cell pedals, which are still quite new. Um. In in Thrustmasters range, but uh such a massive upgrade over their um their their older generation pedals so yeah uh love love those as well uh <laughs> and then the rest of my setup is i've got the play seat um sensation pro uh black edition um which is really nice seat proper Looks comfortable good. yeah it's so 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 good and pretty pretty realistic seat position for a rally car too um and yeah, the rest of my setup's quite quite simple actually. I, I use VR quite a lot too. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I've got the well, my headset's quite old now. It's the uh, the Rift CV1 Oculus. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, um, but yeah, I, I like I like Does that VR. Turning looking into the corner apex. Yeah, exactly. So looking to the apex, it's it's really really good. Um, but also. In rallying, because you're going sideways so much, it's really important to always be following the road with your eyes. So if you're coming around a corner and you're you're going sideways, you know, power power sliding through it, it's always really important just to follow where the road is going. And that's something that's quite difficult to do with one single monitor because right. you're if you're going sideways, you're facing the ditch rather than looking out the side window. Um, but of course, you you could have a triple screen setup, which would would help with that. But um, I don't have the uh, the space for for triple right. screen. That's, that's always the thing with triple screens. <laughs> it's like what everyone wants, but yeah. it's not possible. Because I'm already I'm already taking up uh, over half of of my girlfriend's uh, spare bedroom. So wow, that's have to very, have uh, to leave some of it. Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's very good. Nice, that's cool. Well. Also, what I can see is you're wearing a T-shirt that says Codemasters Dirt Rally Team. So I suppose we better talk about that because that's the the big thing at the minute. Yeah, so like you said, everyone in the Junior WRC uses identical uh, Ford Fiesta Rally 4s, which are manufactured by M Sport Poland. And M Sport Poland actually 
they run slash maintain all the cars on the event as well. So it's a complete level playing field. Um, we all have the same same level of support. We're all, we're all run by the same team effectively. So the only difference is what setup we put into the car and the drivers, um, which is fantastic because you know there's no there's no doubt in your mind then that oh it's the car or you know something's right. they've got something different than I have. There's no Double doubt. In, there's no doubt in your mind. You get to the end of a stage and you've lost thirty seconds, then that that's on you. And and in in the other hand, if you get to the end of the stage and you've you've beaten everyone by twenty seconds, and it's it's a nice feeling. So it's um it's just fantastic to to compete in that championship. It's really really great because we just have to turn up and drive. Where if you tried to do WRC three. That's yeah. that's where you'd have to m- manually organize the transport of the car and the team to the event and make sure everyone's got everything sorted out paperwork wise and we we don't have to worry about that so right so yeah it's uh it's really nice um and yeah the car itself it's uh it's it's actually less than one liter it's like nine hundred something liters mm-hmm. yeah. um three cylinder uh engine. Sounds pretty cool. Um, it does. It's got a lovely three-cylinder burble. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a funny sounding little thing, and uh, yeah, it's turbocharged as well. So, um, it's got an anti-lag system. Uh, so once we're off the throttle, um, keeps pumping fuel in, so we get that that nice uh, off-throttle uh, exhaust note. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's proper cool little car, but it's really fast. Um, to be honest, uh, for for a front wheel drive car, it's got two hundred and five horsepower, uh, give or take, and um, not much yeah, weight. yeah, not too much weight. I think they're about twelve hundred kilos or something in around that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 actually really fast for a front wheel drive car, and especially on tarmac. Um, when you get get it, you know, up and going, stretch its legs. One in the faster corners, it's uh, it's amazing, and uh, yeah really fun to drive it's it's got a normal well i say normal but it's got a sequential um gearbox with a, a yep. flat flat cut shift so um yeah we're just going flat on throttle and and we pull pull back to go up a gear and push forward to go down a gear um and yeah it's got a hydraulic handbrake too um just like your sim setup yeah exactly but they're such such cool little cars because you know it's got like um a sophisticated ecu system so on your digi dash you can go through all the different settings of oh, the right. the launch control and your anti-lag you can have oh, yeah. more aggressive anti-lag or less aggressive anti-lag and uh yeah there's just so many different things that you can play with um in terms of the suspension we've got uh four no sorry three-way adjustable damping on the front and two-way on the rear so we can adjust the um, the high and low speed compression independent, independently on the front suspension. We can also adjust the rebound rate. Uh, and then on the rear, we've got an adjustment for the compression and the adjustment for the rebound. Uh, we can also change the rear springs um, to be harder or softer. The front springs, they're the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's there's not too much that you can play with, um, but the the actual damper clicks can make a huge difference so that's what right. 
everyone plays with. Um, and you've also got a, a break bias um, adjustment too. Okay, you've done uh, a couple of rallies here and there, and I think was it a mini WRC car and a Fiesta R5 over the years, but mainly it's been the virtual stuff of late. And so to just jump back in at a world level and win, that must have been uh, pretty satisfying. Yeah, we went to Croatia and we didn't really know what to expect. Uh, We probably thought we would, at a push, we might get a podium. Um, But it's just the way these these WRC rallies can conspire. You know, it's, 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 it's all about being as fast as you can but also being as consistent as you can and you know some some drivers for sure were faster than us in Croatia but they uh either went off the road or or had some sort of issue like we did in Portugal yeah. um so you have to try and stay out of trouble and and we stayed out of trouble in Croatia and uh we were also you know fast when we needed to be and we we yeah. beat we beat the people around us that we had we needed to beat to, to achieve that win um, but it was a fantastic feeling to to come into the first round of the championship and and win it. Uh, like you said, having been away from that level of rallying for for quite a while now, and uh, yeah, for sure, you know, it's quite easy to to get some self doubt and and not know if you're still capable of of doing that. But for sure, um, in Croatia and also in Portugal, we we've shown that we can compete at that level in Portugal on gravel against a lot of Scandinavian drivers who really like gravel events. Um, we didn't know what to expect. So to be right. fast, fastest on the first day and to be leading by 36 seconds was, was a big shock. Um, but we were just focused on our, on ourselves. We were trying to do the best that we could do, but we weren't doing anything stupid. And yeah, it just seemed to, to really work. And we built up a, a 36 second lead then we we got struck with a bit of bad luck which was um a puncher and uh yeah that that dropped us down the order then on saturday we tried to do a smarter a smarter day in terms of pace you know try to look after mm-hmm. the car because um portugal's one of the roughest rallies on the calendar um to to give you an idea it's already rough you know, when we yeah. do our recce and we drive through and make our pace notes, it's already rough then. But, um, you know, there's 40, 40 cars that go through the stage before us that destroy it, you know, churn up mm. the, the gravel and, and uh, rip out the, the, the rocks underneath. And you get down to the bedrock in places, which, of course, um, you don't move bedrock. It's, it's, it's stuck into the ground and uh, that can be really... Uh, damaging to your tires in the car, especially the, um, the little off rally four cars. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, they're only little cars at the end of the day. They, of course, they've got you can you can set the ride height really high. You can uh, you know the suspension is is pretty durable, and um, and you can obviously set the suspension to be quite soft. But for sure, it's just a very a very tough rally on the on those cars, and you have to be smart and try to stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay, we. We got two two punchers, one on Friday, one on Saturday. Which, to be honest, it's not. It's something you can try and avoid, but you could go absolutely flat out and not get a puncher, and you could right, go yeah. you could go to eighty percent and still get a puncher. So, mm-hmm. um, it's very it's a very difficult balance to strike. Um, but then, yeah, on Saturday we got 
Uh, we got pretty much the whole day done. We had one long stage to do. Uh, and about a kilometer um, after the start of that stage, we uh, we just lost um, pretty much all power from the engine. Uh, we pulled over. We rang the engineer. We didn't really know what, what the issue was. Um, initially, they thought it was a turbocharger. So we thought, um, even though we had to retire from that leg of the rally, we thought if we get the car back to service, it'd just be a case of change the turbo, uh, start the next day. Um, we could have still got fourth position with our stage one points, which would have been quite good. But uh, when the car got back to service that night, it um, uh, the the mechanics found that it was a a, a terminal engine uh, issue yeah. that had, had happened. And uh, yeah, there's not not too much we can do about that, unfortunately. Um, you know, these things happen as motorsport; you can have uh, mechanical issues. So. Yeah, we just have to hope for better luck on the next one. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, you know, we're, we're nearing the end of our time together. It's been a fascinating chat. But uh, I guess what's next for you? Uh, still ha- busy at work at Codemasters, working on whatever's coming. And I guess the next round of JWRC is in July in Estonia. So you're looking forward to that one? Yeah, um, we're we're really busy, like you said, in work. Um can't can't touch upon it too much, but no, uh, no, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, uh, we're 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 pretty busy, so yeah, works um works going really well, and uh, it's exciting. So um yeah, looking forward to the future there, but uh, for sure, looking forward to Rally Estonia too. Um, it's going to be probably uh, my biggest challenge of the year, because uh, Rally Estonia was a round of. The junior championship last year and some of the same drivers have returned this year yep. so there's going to be some some good knowledge um and it's quite hard to keep up with drivers who've had previous knowledge of, of stages and uh yeah it's going to be a big challenge not not to say we can't keep up with them you know if we get into a good rhythm again like we did in portugal and we've got good confidence then we probably won't be that far away i think probably my strategy is going to be similar to Croatia of just see where we are where we are at the end of day one and you know try and capitalize on on uh, any mistakes that other people have um you know we we don't have a huge testing budget either um whereas the some of the other drivers have their own personal uh, rally four cars to test with and do test rallies so mm. um yeah, we're we're up against it, but we've shown that we can, even with uh, less seat time than our rivals, we can put it up against them. So we're just going to go so, there and uh, try and do what we've been doing. Hopefully we can get a good result at the end of it. Yeah, well, I wish you all the best. I'm sure all of our listeners do and the entire traction team does. And certainly we'll be watching on WRC.com. So um, if anyone's listening... That's where you can follow uh, John's exploits in the and Phil's exploits in the WRC this year. Uh, I guess anything else you would like to plug? I mean, play Dirt Rally and buy some Thrustas tools, <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, play play Dirt Rally and uh, buy Thrustmaster yeah. stuff. And uh, yeah, follow me on uh, social media too. I think most of my uh, most of my handles are. Is that what you still call them? Handles? Yeah, yeah. We'll go with handles. Yeah, we'll go with handles. I think it's just John Armstrong Rally. So uh, nice. yeah, you'll find me everywhere. Well, thank you very much for your time, John. All the best uh, with professional life and ra- and rallying as well. Uh, living proof that there's a crossover between esports, sims, and real motorsport there. So a pleasure to have you on. 
And for everybody listening, please do uh, like and subscribe on YouTube to Traction.gg channel. And also follow and subscribe the podcast on the audio channels like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to visit the Traction.gg website on a daily basis for your virtual racing fix. And follow us on social media, also Traction GG. That's it for now. Thanks so much. 